Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Occupy America. This is Occupy America, Occupy Interview, and this is episode 22. Uh, the show theme for this week is <laughs> Occupy False Flag 101. Uh, our guest uh, is Ziad. Please say hi, Ziad. Hey, how are you? Introduce Thanks for having me on. Please. I'm, my name is Ziad Abu Fadl. I'm a lawyer of 34 years. I'm a member of the Ba'ath Party in Syria. I am a blogger. I have a very well-known blog called Syrian Perspectives. I'm a professional translator also, certified translator, Michigan Supreme Court. And I'm a, a daily follower of events in Syria. And I have contacts right now, as we talk right now, in Syria, on the ground, in Damascus, and Aleppo, and Latakia. Sweet. Uh, let me also introduce uh, a former guest several times. This time, he's taken the empty chair for co-host. He drew the short straw. Uh, Brandon Turbeville, say hello. Brandon, are you there? I'm here, Terry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we keep uh, losing connection. I keep hearing bits, but I'm here. Okay, when uh, when you're actually not speaking, it's best if you can mute your mic, guys. Uh, we've learned that the hard way. And our other co-host is Melinda Pillsbury Foster. Uh, say hello, Melinda. Hi. Uh, it's nice to be here again. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun with this subject. Um, it's certainly something that needs to be talked about. Amen to that. Uh want to get right straight into it. Uh, Brandon, you've talked to Ziad before. Uh, this, we've got, uh, we had a big weekend for psychopaths and false flag events. And what we're hoping to do with this show is get people so used to what a false flag looks like that they just look at it, know it's there, and react to it. And we'll talk about how those reactions go. Uh, could you go ahead and give us the lead in on how we started up with this Syria false flag this weekend. Are you are you talking to me or are you talking to, uh, to, to Ziad? Go ahead and just kind of, you and uh, Ziad take this part because you guys know more about this than I do. and I'm just going to kind of listen in here. We'll try to stay out of your way. Well, I, I guess we... We should start where the uh, false flags really began, which was with the uh, chemical weapons attacks in Ghouta uh, and also the chemical weapons attacks in uh, Khan al-Assal uh, over the last year or so, and, uh, and of course, the uh, situations in uh, Latakia where there was kidnapped victims and uh, taken to Ghouta and used as stage props or for, uh, for the purposes of staging a chemical weapons attack. And I, I guess it, it would be best to let uh, Ziad uh, discuss the chemical weapons uh, fiasco and and, uh, and go from there. So, Ziad, do you, do you want to mention the... Yeah, there's, there's no question that the... Uh, there's no question that when Barack Obama opened his mouth and, uh, you know, made up this, this uh, strange kind of scenario where... Well, we're not going to get involved in Syria, well, unless the Syrian government uses uh, chemical weapons. That's a that's a red line for us. Now he may have said that, uh, and he, I remember him saying it twice. And I I know that uh, the international community was waiting for something along the lines of a CW attack in Syria. That would bring the United States in, you know, with all its military might and uh, all its uh, power. Well. It's funny how when the U.S. would not get involved too deeply in the Syrian conflict, too deeply, that uh, the Saudis and the Israelis decided that, well, we can now create a scenario where the U.S. has to come in because Mr. Obama opened his mouth and said, it's a red line. That's what happened in, in, in the Ghouta area, as Brandon was talking about. But it also happened before that time in Khan al-Assal, that's in the southern part of Aleppo. And I'm very familiar with that area. I know the area. And uh, I was given reports about it. And um, that was not used so much for as a false flag for the U.S. because it became very clear early on that the British made a big mistake in announcing the attack in Khan al-Assal before it happened. Major embarrassment, right? <laughs> well, 
Well, the one with Ghouta was in fact orchestrated by Bandar bin Sultan, the head of the Saudi intelligence services. And by the way, it's very obvious, I hope all Americans are listening to this, that in fact the terrorists who use the CW admitted to it. Admitted to it. And it's a clear false flag. And, and you know, the American people today, given the debt we're in and all the wars we fought, don't want to get involved. And they read through and they saw through all the ugly lies and the efforts by John Kerry and the British, Mr. Cameron and Mr. Haig and all the other characters in this play. They saw through it. And the evidence came in through people like you, the alternate media. Americans today get their news from alternate media. They know about this. And that's why they didn't fall for it. And that's why every poll in the America taken so far, in the House of Representatives, nobody wants to get involved. They know it's fake. It's a false flag. It didn't work. I've got a question here. Uh, didn't this weekend, wasn't this uh, a milestone as far as the chemical weapons production being destroyed, according to the U.N.? The UN, the U.N. has now confirmed they have seized and they have neutralized all chemical weapons in Syria. Now, neutralization means that they don't necessarily, they won't kill people, but that they have control of it, and it's, it's now no longer a part of the Syrian arsenal. The chemical weapons in Syria were used primarily as a deterrent to Israeli nuclear weapons. It's a poor man's nuclear weapon simple as that. Even the, uh, the, the defector general, uh, Adnan Sillu, who was a part of the you know, WMD program in Syria, admitted to this about maybe a year ago in an in a, in a, uh, interview in Turkey. He said, yes, the, the, the weapons we have, the CW weapons we have, are a deterrent to Israeli nuclear weapons. But that's no longer important to Syria. They can have all the, all the CW they want. They can take it away because Syria now has a massive arsenal of missiles, ground-to-ground missiles, that take the place of all these weapons. So, yes, the CW is gone, and, and, and uh, if there's any CW used at all in Syria, I promise you, it will be openly because the Saudis are supplying sarin gas and other gases to these crazy rats, these uh, Islamist, uh, Salafist, Texas theory, cannibals and murderers are killing Christians and Muslims alike in the country. Brandon, back to you. Uh, you spotted this false flag was coming um, because we've been following this story for a while. And the very next day, we had the fake reaction. Uh, can you go into the, you guys go into the, the, uh, the strike on the SAM missiles? Yeah, well, the, the false flag, uh, again, it, it's not difficult to see it coming sometimes because, as, as Yad just mentioned, you, you heard the red line talk coming out first, right? You heard the, the, the rhetoric of, this is, this is our red line, chemical weapons being used, right? Once you start hearing these, these threats, these red lines being put out, these potentials, and that's a clear signal. If they if they want to go in, if, if it's clear that they want to go in, it's a clear signal that something may happen uh, that crosses that red line. Uh, you know, so, so we had a, a red line about chemical weapons attacks. Well, it's time to turn your eye toward uh, chemical weapons attacks. And when and if something happens, then it's important to look at it and see. First of all, is this even logical? Right for the situation that we had with Assad, it wasn't even logical that he would have used them because he was winning. There was no point in him using the chemical weapons if he's winning. Um, he would have, if he was going to use chemical weapons, he would have done so a long time ago when when, when, it, when the situation wasn't going as well. And, and, and of course, we could really go, we could do a whole show just on this one incident. So there's, there's no need to go into it in too much depth. But to, you have to look, look at the situation and see what was involved, where the real evidence points, and who it benefits in terms of, of, of the, uh, the end result. And in this case, it was clearly the West wanting to, uh, to go into Syria on, on the basis of these chemical weapons. The, the Israeli attack, uh, this is a series. There's been a series of Israeli attacks against Syria. Now, this is, as far as I can count, this was at least the fifth. Where the, the sixth uh, the, one, uh, uh, if you believe it happened. Uh, our, our, uh, Brandon, uh, our sources in Latakia, this is twice in a row now, have confirmed that no such attack took place. 
And it's just oh. more more propaganda. But but again, I think you're right in following the line on the false flag issue in using this. Can you elaborate? Yeah. My elaboration is very simple, that the attack on a shipment of missiles inside Syria at, at the Latakia base, this time Latakia port, did not take place. <laughs> there, was a, there was a reference to a sea... Uh, uh, launched missile that landed on some uh, ordnance and some weapons were, were slated to go to, to Hezbollah in Lebanon. I know for a fact that Syria does not allow weapons going to Hezbollah to come through Latakia. It, it, it's insane because you can't get it to Lebanon. It goes through parts of Lebanon which are very well guarded. So that is, that is insane. Uh, and even more insane. And the Russian fleet, as you know, uh, and the Russian fleet is right out there, and they already knocked down two Tomahawk missiles, which we fired at Syria. And, and the fact of the matter is that there are Russian ships out there, there are two Chinese uh, uh, battleships, and there are some Iranian ships out there also. This is not going to happen that way. This was another indication that the Israelis will participate in any kind of propaganda to show that Dr. Assad, president of Syria, is weak and unwilling to retaliate. And it also boosts the absolutely descending morale of these rodents, these Salafist, Islamist killers that Saudi Arabia and to some extent the United States and Britain have participated in sending to our country. And now they're based in southern Turkey. Sorry. Go ahead. Forgive me. I, I, I interrupted you. No, you're, 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 I'm fascinated. Uh, yeah, let me get you're a quick... You're on a roll. This is good. <laughs> uh, as far as you know, in the American press, because you're here in, in Michigan, are you seeing right. any sign whatsoever that anybody has reported that the Russians have shot down an American or an Israeli Tomahawk? Absolutely confirmed. There are two... During the last month, there was a maneuver in the Mediterranean. I hope you all were following that. And they claimed that there was a missile that was fired and it was shot down or it, it fell in the Mediterranean. The real truth is that the United States fired two Tomahawk missiles towards Syria. The Russian, the Russian ship, the Moskva, caught that on radar and gave, gave that information to other ships. They fired anti-missile missiles at an S-300s, actually seaborne S-300s, and knocked them down. What is also now being reported is that Vladimir Putin sent a message through his defense ministry telling the United States Pentagon that an attack on Syria is an attack on Moscow. That's why Obama blinked. That's why Obama sent the entire matter to the Congress. And that's why the Congress said, no way. We're not going to go to World War III over Syria. The lies that the Saudis have been trying to propagate, the lies of the, the Zionists in, in, in Israel, the, the lies that even the Turks were trying to you know, pass around all failed because the U.S. is not willing to go to World War III just to help the Saudis to break the, the Shiite crescent as they are so, you know, they're so terrified of it, to break the Shiite crescent. It's not going to happen. And that's, what, that's why our ships now are no longer in the area because it's clear that Vladimir Putin, in this one issue only, is willing to take the U.S. and the Russians to the break. And that's why this is so crucial, is because we're taking a look at possibly starting World War III if we continue to let false flags over and over and over again distract us, uh, keep the American people from being able to rein in our government. Um, fascinating, and hopefully you can help me with some links so we can get those up in the John, article. Well, let me tell you this. John Kerry was he's trying to sell his bag of goods to... Uh, the Congress, if you remember, he was in front of Congress, the House of Representatives, and he was asked about, what about the Russians? And he said, oh, this is no big deal for the Russians. It's not an ideological thing for them. He was lying right through his miserable, stinking New England face. I mean, this, this, this guy probably should be off selling Heinz, Heinz products, you know, and he'd probably be very good at it, could not sell this bag of goods to the Congress of the United States. The fact of the matter is the Russians have already made it clear this is an area in our sphere of influence. We will not give it up. And it's said also that Putin once told Archbishop Kirill in Moscow that if there were an attack on Syria, I would rather have terrorists running in the streets of Moscow. This is no joke. And thank heavens, even though you know, Obama has been a rather mediocre president, to say the least, 
in this one issue, he made the right decision in withdrawing, drawing down our forces. We don't need a major now conflict with either China or Russia over this issue. We're about 15 minutes into the program, out of our hour. Melinda, uh, you studied ponderology, the study of the science of evil. Uh, do you have any <laughs> any statements here? I mean, we're dealing with psychopaths, obviously. Can you? Well, they're yeah. very psychopathic. Uh, the, the kinds of hideous acts that have taken place in Syria against the Syrian people, you know, you know are, are simply stomach wrenching and. To watch that and watch them, the callous disregard of that within the United States as reported by the media, you know, the obfuscation about it has to be based in psychopathy because otherwise how could you have such an unconcern for the well-being of simple people, you know, who are trying to live their lives and are being used this way? It is They are being beheaded. They are being... Being burned to death, they are being humiliated. Uh, John McCain is one classic example. Belinda, right? Melinda. And Belinda, sorry. Melinda. Melinda, Melinda, you're absolutely right. Look at John McCain. Look at Lindsey Graham. Their idiotic positions. You're absolutely correct. Dead on. I can't add more to that. Any other questions, right? Because really, basically, that is the theme of this show. What we're trying to do is not just stop the seemingly never-ending supply of false flags out of Syria, but we also, this weekend, uh, had the LAX incident, and we're going to take a look at uh, some, of the, some of the false flag, and hopefully, as a person who's seen a lot of false flags over the last two years, six of them by your count, Ziad, uh, what uh, are you keeping an eye on? What was going on in LAX, which is to me was another diversion to keep our mind off of <laughs> World War III. Can you can you go into that? I, I really I don't feel that I'm confident. To do. I know Brandon, I'm sure, is very articulate on this issue and knows a lot about it. I can I can discuss Syria because I watch it every day for eight hours a day. And um, I would agree with you though that there's a constant effort to create diversions for the American people. Um, sometimes the diversions are created for the simple reason that we need to have a war. And our volunteer army is nothing more than cannon fodder to be sent over to fight wars designed by neocons or all these cowards in Washington never fought a day, we never served a day in the military. We are so happy to send these innocent soldiers over to die for some cause, if you want to put between, you know, quotation marks. I like to hear Brandon's issue, the take on this issue in, uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, well, to me, Hello? to me, it has the hallmark. Of, yeah. Am I still on? Yes, you are. Go ahead. You are. Yeah, to me, it has the hallmark of a false flag operation. Uh, I, I will be completely honest. I haven't gone into it in depth because, you know, as we've been talking, Terry, you can't chase every single, you know, rabbit that runs out of the trail or you'll, you'll be out there forever. Uh, there, there are hallmark signs, and I want to, I want to mention these in a second things to look for when, when, when examining whether or not something is a, is a false flag. But as, as far as the LAX, story goes there are so many different stories that came out that changed and and although you can attribute some misreporting to to the uh, you know excitement and the confusion that comes immediately out of a of an incident like this or any other incident the fact is the the reports that come out first are actually the ones that you can trust more because uh, the 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 cleanup cover up effort hasn't come out uh, in in, in full force uh, to, to change the story to a story that would you know, benefit the uh, the people in, in control of the situation more. And, and one of the situations that really should convince people, right? We have the story coming out, right? We have we have the story coming out. It changes over and over and over. And of course, it has this um, this perpetrator who is being uh, demonized, right? Is 
is an anti-government person. So we have the perfect patsy. We have we have questionable circumstances. We have a perfect patsy, and we have um, you know. So that's the media story. We also have a situation where um, this, they're discussing arming the TSA now, right? So uh, there is one possible motive. We also have back in August, right, where the TSA purchased three and a half million rounds of ammo, which didn't raise the hair of many, many people. But but the the fact is, is the TSA was not armed. Can you repeat that, Brandon? You kind of faded in and out. Okay, well, Brandon is probably going to be fading in and out all the way through this broadcast. Whenever you're back in, give us a shout there, Brandon. Uh, Ziad, again, your area of expertise is Syria. Do you see any similarities to the type of false flag that Brandon is describing and what you've seen in Syria? Well, there was a... There was a time, I think, in American foreign policy, about two and a half years ago. Sorry, sorry, Brandon. Let Brandon finish this. If we can hear him. Am I back? Brandon, are you there? Yes, everybody's here again. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, Brandon. Okay, uh, just let me know if I cut out again. I don't know where I cut off, but I, I, I was... You were talking about the TSA getting $3 billion some dollars worth of weapons or something. Yeah, the TSA back in August of this year purchased 3.5 million rounds of ammunition, right? And and this didn't raise... And we're losing you again. Could you? I think probably he'll come back in, Ziad. If you could kind of go ahead with the thought you had going, and when his signal comes. Yeah. Out. Well, we know that in 2007, the plan to try to, you know, uh, unseat President Assad of Syria was in was in uh, you know pretty much in the making. It had to wait for a certain kind of event that was the Arab so-called Arab Spring. As hopefully all your your listeners know, the Arab Spring is a disaster. It's humiliating. Libya is is complete anarchy and blah blah blah. I don't want to go into this too much. Egypt, of course, has gone back now to a military dictatorship. So much of the Arab Spring. In 2007, Robert Ford, you know, our ambassador in Damascus and the CIA agent, by the way, uh, put together a plan to unseat Dr. Assad. Either that meant destroying the country, basically turning into a to a uh, failed state, and the British got involved, the French got involved, and the false flag issue, of course, comes into play because sometimes you have to convince your own population that this war is really good. You know, we have a Ken, we have a bunch of other false flags we can refer to. The American people have to feel comfortable with attacking Syria with missiles and jets and everything else. Unfortunately for Mr. Obama, all the false flags in the world in Syria didn't really shake the American people too much. They were sick of war. We are $16 trillion in debt. And uh, frankly, Syria does not really appear on the American radar too much. So Obama had to find some really, some disgusting, uh, absolutely uh, nauseating way to get the American people to rise up and say, yes, we must save the Syrian people from this horrible, secular, progressive dictator. <laughs> and and uh, the Saudis uh, had to, of course, find a way out of this. I mean, tried to plant various uh, CW attacks here and there. The big one, of course, was the ridiculous one, the one where the British just smelled a rat immediately. And uh, this would when Bandar bin Sultan has his his terrorist rats throwing a CW attack in southern Damascus just when the UN <laughs> investigative team is arriving the same exact day. And just a few days after he meets with Putin in Moscow and the famous meeting where he threatens him and tells him that, you know, uh, uh, you know, we want you to 
turn against Assad. We want you to we'll, we'll buy fifteen billion dollars worth of your weapons. We'll guarantee you Gazprom monopoly in Europe. We'll guarantee you uh, uh, your harbor in, in, in Tartus, Syria, and all the goodies he promised. And when Putin said, "Go fly a kite," then Bender went back and did what the U.S. apparently wanted him to do: was create a false flag, uh, you know, event in, the, in southern Damascus. But everybody smelled a rat, and, especially the American people. And that's the key to inoculating everybody to get used to if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it might be a duck. might be a duck. But the American people said, nah, nah, it doesn't look like a duck. It looks like Cornish gave him to me. And on top of that, on top of that, uh, Brendan is right about the issue of the kids that were, who were used in pictures to show the deaths in that area of, of Damascus, were kids who were kidnapped from the mountains and the East Coast. We know that why. They've been identified, and all their names clearly fit into the names of kids who were kidnapped from Latakia. This is a horrible war crime. That the U.S. would be involved in this is a disgrace. That our country, which stands for democracy, freedom, women, women's rights, you know, in Syria, in Syria, women drive cars, Women teach medicine. Women practice law. Women own businesses, open bank accounts. But Saudi Arabia, Mr. Obama's ally, as uh, hopefully Melinda knows, you oh, can't. Melinda, you know you can't drive. You know that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Melinda, are you there? I'm right here. Can you hear me? You, yeah, sure. You know you can't drive in, in Saudi Arabia. You can't open a bank account. You can't travel without your husband's or your father's permission. Uh, you can't have a Absolutely. church in Saudi Arabia. You can't watch TV. You can't watch a movie in Saudi Arabia. You can't have a, a, a glass of beer in Saudi Arabia. These are savages. These are troglodytes. They are our allies, supposedly. It's a disgrace to the American people. We can't. We can't go on like this, supporting well, you know, authoritarian pre-Bronze uh, Age groups. Well, yes. There's been a whole subject here of of actually eliminating the rights of women. Women had more rights in Iraq, and they they did everything they could to eliminate that. True. True and indeed. That's one of the things we need to take a look at here. These people have an agenda. They are acting out that agenda, and they're, be, they're doing it blatantly in front of God and everybody, and... A lot of that is simply being ignored because it's happening actually rather slowly over a period of time. The whole the whole idea here is to we we in America with the Saudis and the Israelis want to break this growing power of the Shiites across the northern fertile crescent: Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon. And the Saudis, of course, are fanatical. They are paranoid about the Shiites. The fact of the matter is, you know, as, as we get closer to the Iranians, and you're going to see this happening over a period of time, uh, you're going to find out that the Shiites are not bad. I mean, they're not evil, but the Saudis are committed. They are obsessed. That is, you know, we must break this, the, the Shiite crescent. And they're willing to kill Syrian civilians in, in, in the tens and the hundreds of thousands to accomplish this, to rid the country of one man who I think is the best president they've ever had in their entire career. President Assad is a medical doctor. He's trained. He speaks three languages. He's sophisticated. He's Western-oriented. He's, he's very much involved in the transformation of Syria into a more democratic country. And yet we, here in the United States, are supporting the Saudis. The Saudis are insects. They are apes. It's, it's, it's a race of morons. I want to interject a note here, uh, if I can, Ziad. Uh, I've got a question coming in from Brandon, Sure. but I do want sure. to remind people that, that we're liberal, meaning worthy of free men is the old Greek word for that, um, and, and the, what, when we're saying we have an objection to a country, it's not that country's individual citizens we have the problem with, it's the leadership of that country. Um, there is a difference between... I'm referring to, refer to the, the Wahhabist authoritarian government of Saudi Arabia. The people are going to overthrow them very soon anyway. You're absolutely right on that issue. I'm sorry if I, if I gave you the wrong impression.
Hello? I, I just wanted to make it clear there is a big difference. Uh, I, I'm sh I understand what you're saying, and I want to make sure that our listeners understand you're not criticizing those people. You're criticizing those people's leadership. Uh, I'm criticizing also the, the ideology that has permeated Saudi culture, Wahhabism. Wahhabism is a form of Islam which is a, the most extreme extreme kind. It's a kind of Islam that, that, that strangles, that stifles the human spirit because it, it denies a human being the freedom to act, the freedom to think. Look at Saudi Arabia. What has it contributed to the world? What? I, I, and who is funding the... Think hard. The, the, uh, yeah, we're, I, there's, a, there's a historian. I don't know whether you've had a chance to read him yet or not. He's deceased now. Carol Quigney, Quigley is one who's identifying that this is being okay. done on purpose. Uh, Tragedy and Hope is the book. The second one is, Melinda, well, help me out. I'm going to lose the guy's name again. Uh, he did the best enemy money can buy. We'll have a link up to the book. Uh, I, I can't think of his name. I just had a senior moment. But what we need to keep in mind is this isn't a conspiracy theory. Uh, this is history of conspiracy. Uh, these guys are real historians. They big are difference. Yes, big difference. Uh, if you yes, don't, yes. if you don't understand that there are conspiracies throughout history, <laughs> Brandon just saved me. He said Anthony Sutton. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Anthony Sutton. Yes. 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 Um, okay. Uh, yes. I had a question from uh, from. Uh, he's asking. He wants me to ask Ziad. Uh, who would have to be involved in order to stage a false flag? Would that be CIA, Saudis, Mossad? Boy, you, you, the answer is in your question. Absolutely correct. There's no question that, that the technology required to produce the, the weapons systems, the, the need to camouflage the weapons so they can look like it's a Syrian army type attack, all that requires... Uh, the work of the Saudi intelligence, the Mossad, and the CIA. The CIA may be involved in a in a marginal way because, as you know, uh, the U.S. likes deniability, and uh, it might be uh, independent contractors, uh, former CIA agents, and former uh, you know military uh, special forces people. But no question, the U.S. was involved in this. That's been admitted to by uh, some captured. Uh, members of the FS the, the FSA in southern Syria. So they do the same kind of contracting out you saw done with uh, you know um, with John Perkins with uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, where you had sure. a contractor uh, going in the hand. Well, we we love to use uh, outsource uh, terrorism. The U.S. and Iraq and other places, we've gotten used to now outsourcing certain kinds of tasks. And we have a lot of people who are retired or have been, have been furloughed or whatever, and they're now involved in you know, making big money because the Saudis, they're willing to pay. And they're involved now in Jordan in training some of these terrorists. And the U.S. says, well, no, we're not involved in that. We, we're not you know, at all invested in that. And yet they are Americans, and they're being they're operating under the aegis of the United States of America. So we know it's going on. The game. Americans are surprisingly smart. That's why we're the greatest country in the world. They they, they smell a rat, and they tell you it's a rat in the subject. Uh, again, we want to remind people that Anthony Sutton and these links will be back up. But if you hear someone trying to explain to you that, oh, well, it's the Russians, uh, he documented painstakingly that the Russians were being financed by us, by the money power, as what Carol Quigley would have called it. So once again, what we're looking at is a false construct. It's a false flag. All of the money has been taken in and spent uh, by the money power. They're the ones who are profiting from this, and that's a bad policy. Uh, we're we're not advocating any kind of thing except a change in policy by the money power, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Brandon's got another question. Is it possible 
to get a checklist about false flags? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's what we were hoping you could help us with, Ziad. What kind of a checklist do we want to be looking for? Here? Yes, go ahead. You're there. Go ahead, Brandon. I, I, can you hear me now? Yes, we got you. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, the message was uh, to, to try to get me in here because I actually had a checklist about false flags, and that's what I was trying to get to when we kept getting cut off. Um, and I'll try to run through this in case I get cut off again. The things that you should look for in terms of a false flag, right? And uh, one of the things that you should look for is, is, first of all, whether or not it's a high-profile event, right? Whether it's uh, you know a, an, an event that takes place in terms of domestic um, false flags, whether it's a federal building, whether it's a, you know maybe a bank, maybe a military installation if it's overseas then there'd be some strategic places overseas um, as well you know in terms of Syria there's, there's there would be strategic areas to stage these attacks and so forth again uh, number two would be whether or not there is a drill scheduled this is what you should also look for and there was a drill for Los Angeles am I still still with you you're still here keep going very yeah, interesting there was yes, a drill around there was a drill scheduled a couple of weeks before the LAX shooting, and it was the exact situation, the LAX shooting. We know we had this happen uh, on, on 9-11. We had it happen on the uh, train bombing in London. Uh, we, we've had this happen many times. Uh, we could go on down the list. You, you have to watch out for these drills. If you, if you see a drill, then that spells false flag. Uh, number three. If you're still there, Brandon, you're going to have to repeat that. Uh, if we lost you, we'll come back in. You were coming up on uh, number three, I think. Ziad, are you still with us? Look at you, know, you know, you think about uh, a false flag. Look at Waco, Texas. Please, elaborate. Sorry. I can Go hear ahead. Brandon now. Well, well, remember Waco? I mean, we had uh, Janet Reno uh, sending down her uh, her ATS and her uh, FBI and all these guys, and they had to they had to figure out a way to get the American people all riled up about the situation. When, when in fact, you know, they could have easily had, uh, you know, David uh, what's his name, David Kadish or whatever. <laughs> I forgot his name. That poor guy now, and they could have easily have probably grabbed him when he was running his little marathon around the perimeter of uh, his. His place there is his uh, complex, and and yet they had to surround it, and they brought in all these weapons and these this tanks and everything else. And finally, if you remember the propaganda, and I remember uh, one of the reporters on it was ABC or CBS going, "Well, there's talk right now that uh, there's some kind of rape going on, <laughs> and that the children are being abused, and Americans just you know Americans don't like child abuse like anybody else, and of course their ears just perk up and." And all of a sudden, the, 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 these tanks go in, and they wind up burning to death half the population of this little complex. It turned out later on, there was no such thing going on. You know, false flags are, are, are nothing more than a creation of, of, of spin makers. These are Hollywood people. They might be very successful in Washington, D.C. You saw the movie Wag the Dog. You can do a yeah. million things to try to convince people that something's happening out there in the world of fantasy, and they'll believe it. But today, I think American people are tired of that. I get a distinct feeling when I go to restaurants, I talk to people, that they kind of have a feeling that the U.S. government is not really there for them. And they're trying to, the U.S. government is trying to manipulate them. And they smell everything, and they, they make sure it smells. Like, it's like a banker. Bankers going to fish. They check the gills. They check the eyes. They check the smell. They don't buy it anymore. We're tired of that. And false flags, I think, are going down the drain. That's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to inoculate people. Hopefully this show helps. We're 40 minutes out of our hour. Melinda, uh, ponderology, please. <laughs> well, of course, anybody who would plan something like this has to be disordered. And I think it's interesting to, to, to note that that there is a very a lot of strong evidence the CIA actually did experimentation in psychopathy and worked on creating more psychopaths. Uh, that's you know along with the MK Ultra, they 
they definitely were doing that and work with, uh, you know, trying to see if they could facilitate the use of uh, psychics to do different kinds of of work, which could have included some of the things that we're looking at here. So the question becomes, what is there anything that they weren't willing to do? Because we've seen so many hideous uh, crimes against humanity that were clearly carried out by groups that at least to some extent were using the services of the CIA and other covert organizations that basically were paying for, you have to ask yourself, where did they ever think that they could stop and what, again, was their real goal? Because clearly they have a goal, and part of that goal is so traumatizing humanity that there aren't any more rules about how you behave. We become, in effect, people who will not oppose people who are psychopathic. You know, besides psycho psychopathology, there's the issue of drugs. In Syria today, it was also used by the Civil War in Lebanon were amphetamines that were fed directly to these fighters. Uh, amphetamine uppers and stuff like that were used, and today it's Captagon is the drug of choice from the Saudi Arabians. It's, it breaks down the average fighter's ability to distinguish between right and wrong. He becomes less conscious of uh, distinctions like that, and uh, more likely just to commit crimes that I think Melinda's right in calling sociopathological, psychopathic. Uh, massacres in near Humps recently of 40 Christians buried, uh, some buried alive actually, um, as the evidence suggests, uh, basically shows that people can do all kinds of horrific things if they're given the right kind of drug. And in some cases, maybe, as Melinda's saying, that they've been programmed the right way too. So uh, you've got these Islamist fanatics who believe that they're going to they're going to die and go straight to heaven and have seventy two Virginians, I call them Virginians, as a big surprise. They're not virgins, it's Virginians. And then you, you have some of them, and then and some of them are just are just uh, a bunch of druggies. And we're finding our Syrian army today is finding almost every instance when they come across a cache of weapons, a huge supply of captagon. Look it up, C-A-P-T-A-G-O-N. It's all over Syria. It's the drug of choice. And apparently it does what I'm saying it does. It, it breaks down your, your conscience and breaks down your ability to distinguish right from wrong. And, and, and this is typical, and Melinda's actually right about this. Experimentation, good, good warriors, you demonize the enemy, you give them a drug, you, you program them, and he thinks of the enemy as nothing more than the devil. And has no mercy at all. It's a fact. So that, so that was a pharmaceutical way of getting the effect of psychopathy. Absolutely. I mean, if you can't get the guy to become a psychopath, then turn him into a zombie. Sweet. Uh, that's some really good observations. I hadn't even thought about that. But Well, think about Vietnam. I mean, how many of our soldiers were not only given drugs, but were permitted to kind of everybody look aside at the idea of smoking hash? They had a lot of hash from Thailand there in Vietnam, and it made killing a lot easier, didn't it? Yeah, and let's keep in mind that that was the Golden Triangle, and that we're now, in, now we're in Afghanistan. Look up opium wars, uh, <laughs> yes. and you'll find this has a long and pretty checkered past with the psychopaths here, too. It's also need to be remembered that there's only about 4% are actually psychopathic, and then the rest are either victims or enablers or resistors. Take your pick. Oh, True. One of the things you run in, this uh, historical note, one of the things you run into taking a look at the pharmaceutical market and its origin, which of course, you know, started with the idea that you were going to limit people's access to other, you know, to other kinds of medicinals. Uh, a lot of the, the, of, of, you're fading in and out, Melinda. I ran across that. Okay. Can you a repeat that? A lot of the money, a lot of the money that went into the pharmaceutical companies originated in the opium trades. Got that. Uh, we'll have links up to try to I, 
to to show people more on this because we're running out of time. We've only got 15 minutes left. Brandon had a couple of questions he got across to me, and this is to you, Ziad. Uh, do you see another false flag in the works for for Syria? That would be number seven. If so, what do you think it'll look like? I, I think that the CW issue is gone because the UN has certified that the that Syria has given up all you know chemical weapons. I can't imagine anything other than some kind of uh, made-up story about the Syrian army committing a horrible massacre in Syria. I mean, and, and that, of course, is now belied by the fact that most Syrians, almost 80%, support the Syrian government. I think the U.S. is going to back off on this. I think the U.S., despite efforts to try to, you know, assuage the feelings of the Saudi Arabians about the various failures, will try not to get too involved in Syria. It's been a mess for Obama, a major mess. I, I see the U.S. kind of backing off. The Russians have made their claim. We have to respect that claim. And now it's Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Israel trying to make, make, you know, their own, make their own way, make their own bed there, basically. And I think it's going to fail. I, I, I think Obama has blinked and he's out. I think you're right. And uh, Brandon's follow-up question is right down the alley on what you've just said. He's saying, do you see the government of Israel provoking Syria by attacking them and then therefore provoking a response from the government of Syria against Israel? Right. I think that the last two events in Latakia where the Israelis, there was reports that the Israelis struck a Yahut missile warehouse in Latakia. I knew right off the bat, without even talking to my people in Latakia, that was a false story. There was a fake. Because Syria does not keep Yahut missiles, these anti-ship missiles, in warehouses. Instead, they, they hide them in tunnels. If you know the area around the Latakia and the mountains, what we call the uh, Jebel al-Sahel, uh, if you know that area, it's filled with caves, and the Syrian army uses these caves to store missiles. The Syrians don't keep Yahut anti-ship missiles in warehouses. So I knew that something was wrong there. So very easy. We talked to our family in Latakia, right? And they, we asked them, did you hear any big explosion in the area of Jebli or whatever it is? And they said, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean if you attack a huge warehouse filled with Yahut anti-ship missiles, you'd expect to see fireworks. And nobody saw it. Even last time, not just a few days ago, reports came out in the Western press, be careful, in the worst press, that uh, that they, they also attacked a shipment of missiles, grad missiles and, and some um, anti-aircraft missiles heading supposedly for Hezbollah in Lebanon. But I knew that was false, too, because they don't send those missiles through Latakia. It makes no sense. And uh, so this whole thing is designed, I think, to make Dr. Assad in Damascus look like he's weak, he's a liar, he threatens to hit back at the Israelis if he's attacked, and now he doesn't do it. And I think it raises the morale of the, these terrorists. But unfortunately, the terrorists obviously now know that it didn't happen. We've, uh, we've got about ten minutes left in the show. Uh, there was one last follow-up question. And, and I think you're beginning to touch on it, but if you could amplify, uh, would what he was, what Brandon was wanting to make sure you amplified was if there was a provoked response by Syria to the government of Israel, that could be used to justify an American defense of Israel. And I think that's an excellent point. Interesting and excellent point. I agree. If the Syrians did, in fact, launch, say, a Scud missile attack on the Israelis in retaliation for an attack, presumably it happened in Latakia, what would the U.S. do? We know the U.S. is committed to uh, Israeli security and its longevity. Um, the, the Syrians are also aware of that. And it may be argued that Dr. Assad and the Russians and the Iranian allies said, don't do it, because if you do... You'll bring the Americans in. They'll have their 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 their, their false flag finally, and finally try to come in, and we can have World War Three. I think that the the Syrians are playing this game very carefully, and, and the way a chess player plays the game, calmly and uh, with, with all the gambits, twelve removes ahead. 
um, they're not going to be forced to react to anything if they think it's not in their interest. So the false flag issue is not going to fly. So, so while the psychopaths are playing games, the people of Syria, uh, I, I'm seeing numbers coming out of Human Rights Watch of deaths, injured, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of people being displaced and having to go to other countries. Uh, that's who's really paying for this. It's always the people that have to pay for this. True. We've got about ten minutes left. Uh, Human Rights Watch is one of the most fraudulent organizations on the face of the earth. But, but, let me say this. There are hundreds of thousands of Syrians who are displaced inside and outside the country. Uh, the number of Syrians killed is really unknown. There's a made-up number by the United Nations. Navi Pillay, uh, one of the biggest liars I've ever experienced in my life. But, yes, there's a horrible tragedy unfolding in Syria. But it may end soon enough as the Syrian army continues its, its onslaught, basically. They're victorious on every front. It will take a while, probably a year, before we have peace finally in Syria, or more even. But uh, it's happening. And as long as Obama can keep us out of another tragedy, we'll be fine. And as long as, fine. as long as the American people can help Obama keep us out of another tragedy, we'll all be Without the American fine. people, you're, you're absolutely right. Without the American people, this will never happen. We are, we are the government. That's what our Constitution says. Melinda. That's what it says, all right. But. We're going to make an announcement, Melinda, that, that we're going to try to do something about restoring constitutional. Well, we absolutely have to do that. And one of the things that needs to happen, because the, the corporations have gotten such a, a tremendous amount of control that it is essential that we start taking things really back to the people. So you move back toward local government, toward state government, and move all possible power away from the federal government and also away from the corporations by investing in things that turn the spigot off on their income because that's where their power comes from. That's what they fight for. They're just they're greedy people who will do anything for the buck. And therefore, what we have to do is deny them the money. And one of the things we're doing is putting together a series of different kinds of investments where people can put their money and then deny it to these hideous criminals. You're so right. It's pure logic. It's pure logic. Cut off, cut off the, the faucet and they, they can't drink. And then banksters and all these other criminals... One of the saddest things in the world is this volunteer army we have, some of the great Americans who serve in it, are being used as cannon fodder. You know, any time these, these neocons, these, these bank people decide they want a war, for whatever reason, maybe economic or otherwise, they just call on this volunteer army to send young men and women to war to die. For wars, we find out later on, were totally unnecessary. I'm going to argue with you right now, Melinda, about the issue of Afghanistan. I think the country we should invade it because of the, the 9-11 thing was Germany. All the, all the planning for the war, for the attack on 9-11 took place in Germany. Every single, the Saudis, this one Egyptian guy, everything else, they all were involved in Germany, yet we didn't think for a moment that we should invade Hamburg, Germany. Why invade that worthless country, Afghanistan? Well, they couldn't possibly plan this operation. And here we are again sending American soldiers against the war in the middle of Asia. We have a war in Iraq, and now we uh, realize it's a complete dead mistake. Constantly sending American soldiers to die and get maimed in wars the American people don't want. Dr. Carol Quigley would say that the probable answer to why we didn't attack Germany was there was more investment in Germany, and he documented <laughs> He documented that from World War II. Um, yeah, actually, just like the movie Catch-22, he actually documents that they would, in the strategic bombing survey after the war, go around places that were owned by the right people. Uh, war is a racket. We need to break that racket. Melinda, future security, please. Well, actually, um, one of the things that we've done is started a website it's called forourfuturesecurity.com and okay. the point of the site is 
reestablishing America's militias, which were never intended to be outside of the control of the states, but within the regulation of the states. And what we're going to be doing is providing to people the instructions that they need to organize on the precinct level, the city level, the county level, and then the state level, so that we will again have an American uh, militia presence that is in the control directly of the people. The word goes back to mille, uh, which means thousand. The same root is the word for miles. Uh, it used to be a thousand paces. And it's a thousand paces to try to get us out of this mess. The American individual people is who is ultimately going to have to pay for this if we don't fix it. And it's the American people that need to make their response for their own defense. Uh, this has been demonized. It is a requirement of the Constitution. You're a lawyer. You know that we are not in compliance with our Constitution. Oh, no question about that. Every effort's been made in Washington to avoid the Constitution, finding little little uh, gaps, little uh, you know, uh, little holes in the Constitution. Anything at all to to, to avoid what the founders of this country wanted, and it's, it's disgusting, frankly. And what's what's sad too, and actually what's very happy for me now is uh, very uh, encouraging, is that the American people, after decades of kind of living a very complacent kind of existence, where this the Super Bowl and all these other good games and stuff, you know, the Romans used to always Roman emperors used to say that give the people bread and games and they'll just be happy. Well, we were like that for a while, but I think today. Because of people like you and people all over the country who have these alternate news services, they're changing things. People are going, no, I'm not going to listen to CBS anymore. And by the way, in the poll after poll, the American people have shown that they have zero interest in CBS, ABC, NBC, and even PBS. That they have a 23% trust trust level, which is pretty much the same as Congress. <laughs> uh, so. So keep up the good work because this, this is exactly what the American people want. Well, we'll see if we can't get you to volunteer to help get your precinct organized, uh, Zion. Yes. Uh, that's what Absolutely. this is going to take. Every single precinct, every able-bodied citizen, by law, is a part of the militia, meaning the militia is just everybody in the country. Uh, it's Absolutely. Been, it's been demonized. Melinda's kind of making progress here because Melinda bakes really good cookies, and I'm angling uh, to be a. We don't want to become a Boy Scout, the Girl Scout thing. <laughs> we don't want bread and circus. We want cookies, and I want to be a judge of the very first future security <laughs> cook-off. Ziad, maybe we'll get you in. Absolutely. And you know it's funny, but the militias here in Michigan, very famous ones up in the north, some of them still exist, but they were always kind of maligned and demonized. They're really crazy, and they were, there was reference to them as being kind of wacko and nuts. And the truth, you know, they were just regular Americans who just wanted to get back control of their country. And they, don't, they don't want these, these congressmen, these 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 scoundrels, these scallywags, to run away with the Constitution. That's all they were they were they were trying to, to, to push. And yet they were constantly vilified in the press as being, well, they're kind of weird and, you know, former colonels or armchair soldiers and, you know, doing the little, little uh, maneuvers out there in the woods. They were good people. You never find a one of them who's a criminal. Not a one. Well, their cookies it's, weren't as good as Melinda's were, and I'm hoping that that helps get it across <laughs> to people. Uh, Actually, the entire, everybody who's on the organizing committee is a woman. And all of us have a very similar background. We are all daughters of the American Revolution. Yeah, okay. We've got uh, two minutes left. Do you have any last words for us? Uh, we've kind of lost Brandon, which is... Uh, we'll... oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. I like Brandon. I enjoy Brandon's company. And I enjoy his, uh... <laughs> well, all I can say is this. That I think that things are going well as far as Syria is concerned. I like the fact that the U.S. government... Is backing off. I like the fact that the American people have made it clear. And also in England, by the way, very important, the English people have made it clear to Mr. Cameron that you're not going to drag our boys across the world again for another war. We don't like it. We don't think it's a good war. And we don't like the fact that these, these, these Islamists crazy that are killing Christians. We can't support that. 
That's so I'm really happy in general that the American people finally realize this. It's good. That's that's you've hit it on the nose right there, Ziad. It was the vote that was taken by the British uh, was the first time that they have stopped a war like that since they stopped the American Revolution two hundred and some odd years ago. Uh, please, and here, same please, thing. please promote your site. Brandon just texted me. He wants Syrian perspective. There is a link. www.syrianperspective.blogspot.com You get daily news straight from the battlefront every single day with names of rats that that our armies killed. Mostly foreign rats from Libya financed by Saudi Arabia. These are are bearded scum who have no business coming to our country and killing Christians, killing secular Muslims, killing killing innocent, decent people, destroying the country. We're hoping we end the killing. Um, and I, I think hope that's, that's that's where we need to end. Uh, I can't think of a better place to wrap up. This is Occupy Interview. Uh, this was episode 22. Thanks for standing, every one of you. <laughs>